0: Hello, and welcome to the Daily Catholic Catechism Podcast. My name is Dan, and it's a pleasure to have you here. It is February 1st, the beginning of the month, and we will be reading paragraphs 244 through 251 today. The eternal origin of the Holy Spirit is revealed in his mission in time. The Spirit is sent to the apostles and to the church, both by the Father and the name of the Son and by the Son, in person, once he had returned to the Father. The sending of the person of the Spirit after Jesus' glorification reveals in its fullness the mystery of the Holy Trinity. The apostolic faith concerning the Spirit was confessed by the Second Ecumenical Council at Constantinople. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and Giver of Life, who proceeds from the Father, By this confession, the Church recognizes the Father as the source and origin of the whole divinity. But the eternal origin of the Spirit is not unconnected with the Son's origin. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is God, one and equal with the Father and the Son, of the same substance and also of the same nature. Yet he is not called the Spirit of the Father alone, but the Spirit of both the Father and the Son, The Creed of the Church from the Council of Constantinople confesses with the Father and the Son he is worshipped and glorified. The Latin tradition of the Creed confesses that the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, filioque. The Council of Florence in 1438 explains, The Holy Spirit is eternally from Father and Son. He has his nature and subsistence At once, simul, from the Father and the Son. He proceeds eternally from both as from one principle and through one spiration. And, since the Father has through generation given to the only begotten Son everything that belongs to the Father, except being Father, the Son has also eternally from the Father, from whom he is eternally born, that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Son. The affirmation of the Filioque does not appear in the creed confessed in 381 at Constantinople, but Pope St. Leo I, following an ancient Latin and Alexandrian tradition, had already confessed it dogmatically in 447, even before Rome in 451 at the Council of Chalcedon came to recognize and receive the symbol of 381. The use of this formula in the Creed was gradually admitted into the Latin liturgy between the 8th and 11th centuries. The introduction of the Filioque to the Nicino-Constantinopolitan Creed by the Latin liturgy constitutes, moreover, even today, a point of disagreement with the Orthodox churches. At the outset, the Eastern tradition expresses the Father's character as first origin of the Spirit. By confessing the Spirit as he who proceeds from the Father, it affirms that he comes from the Father through the Son. The Western tradition expresses first the consubstantial communion between Father and Son by saying that the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, filioque. It says this legitimately and with good reason, for the eternal order of the divine persons and their consubstantial communion implies that the Father, as the principle without principle, is the first origin of the Spirit, but also that as Father of the only Son, He is with the Son the single principle from which the Holy Spirit proceeds. This legitimate complementarity, provided it does not become rigid, does not affect the identity of faith and the reality of the same mystery confessed. Roman numeral 3. The Holy Trinity and the Teaching of the Faith The Formation of the Trinitarian Dogma From the beginning the revealed truth of the Holy Trinity has been at the very root of the Church's living faith. Principally, by means of baptism, it finds its expression in the rule of baptismal faith, formulated in the preaching, catechesis, and prayer of the Church. Such formulations are already found in the Apostolic Writings, such as this salutation taken up in the Eucharistic liturgy, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. During the first centuries, the Church sought to clarify its Trinitarian faith, both to deepen its own understanding of the faith and to defend it against the errors that were deforming it. This clarification was the work of the early councils, aided by the theological work of the church fathers, and sustained by the Christian people's sense of the faith. In order to articulate the dogma of the Trinity, the church had to develop its own terminology with the help of certain notions of philosophical origin, substance, person, or hypostasis, relation, and so on. In doing this, she did not submit the faith to human wisdom, but gave a new and unprecedented meaning to these terms, which from then on would be used to signify an ineffable mystery, infinitely beyond all that we can humanly understand. Thus ends our reading today of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The website is dailycatholiccatechism.com, and you can email me at dailycatholiccatechism at gmail.com. God bless you all, and may these teachings handed down by the Apostles of Christ strengthen your faith, and lead you to everlasting life. Amen.